Hello once again and welcome to episode 4 of the Canadian Military Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Michael O'Reilly. Today we'll be looking at Francis Alexander Caron Scrimger and what he did on the day of April 25th, 1915 that earned him the Victoria Cross. Captain Scrimger was born in February of 1881 in Montreal, Quebec, where he would grow up. He attended Montreal High School, followed by McGill University, where he attended medical school. He would graduate and become a doctor in 1905. In 1912, he joined the Canadian Army Medical Corps as a medical officer for the Montreal Heavy Brigade of the Canadian Artillery. When the war broke out, he transferred to the 14th Infantry Battalion of the Canadian Expeditionary Force as a captain and medical officer. He was in Belgium for less than a month when he would earn his award. On April 22nd, Captain Scrimger began operating on wounded soldiers as the commander of an advanced dressing station of the 3rd Canadian Field Ambulance, providing aid as best he could. The ADS was situated in a farm two miles north of Ypres, along with the 3rd Canadian Infantry Brigade's headquarters. This location placed it within range of German artillery. In fact, it was a mere 2,500 yards from Episode 3's subject, Lieutenant Edward Bellew. The farm was surrounded by a natural moat and had the unfortunate nickname of Shell Trap Farm. The day before Scrimger would be awarded for his actions, the Germans began an attack at 5 p.m., releasing gas and firing artillery at the Allied lines. Some of the soldiers who would get hit by the gas would receive their first treatment from Scrimger and his team in the advanced dressing station while it was being shelled. After two hours, the Canadian lines were holding, but there was much confusion due to telephone lines being destroyed and the general confusion of battle. At 9 p.m., the general commanding the 3rd Infantry Brigade, General Richard Turner, received orders to mount a counterattack after being assured that a British battalion would support the attack. General Turner is a gentleman I'm going to come back to in a future episode as he won the VC during the Boer War, a time I have little to no research material about presently. Anyway, unfortunately due to the confusion of battle which I mentioned earlier, that British battalion had already been assigned to do something else, and so General Turner was forced to attack with what he had, which was two infantry battalions and very limited artillery. The battalions were the 10th and 16th, and the attack would commence in silence and in the dark at 11.30pm. These soldiers were led into attack position by Captain Harold MacDonald, who was General Turner's brigade captain. The attacking Canadians were able to advance approximately halfway in silence before the Germans were alerted to the attack and lit up the area with flares. This would unfortunately lead to a great number of Canadian casualties, with two-thirds of all officers and up to half of all other ranks being wounded or killed. At 1.30 in the morning, reinforcements reported to General Turner and he deployed half of them in support of the still-ongoing attack and half in a defensive position. Through the night and on into the next day, the fighting continued. At one point, an artillery commander, one Major Harvey McLeod, sat on the roof of the farm and directed artillery fire from there. This use of the farm helped stop a major German attack, but it might have caught the Germans' eye because later in the afternoon of the 25th, the Germans began actively shelling the farmhouse. This caused the buildings to catch fire. The headquarters and the aid station would have to be evacuated. For some, this meant crossing that moat I mentioned earlier, which made escaping the fire difficult. Most of the wounded were evacuated successfully. Most, but not all. Captain Harold MacDonald, the gentleman who had guided the attacking forces into position the night before, had been wounded in the shoulder and neck and was being operated on by Captain Scrimger when the artillery began falling on the farmhouse aid station. The rest of the staff in the aid station deemed MacDonald to be a lost cause due to his wounds, but Scrimger refused to leave his patient to die. He picked up Captain MacDonald and carried him out of the burning farmhouse while it was still under attack, and hid with him in the boat. Scrimger then used his own body to cover MacDonald's wounds from flying dirt and anything else which might injure the wounded officer. He continued to do this until the artillery barrage slackened, and then ran off to get some stretcher bearers to carry MacDonald to safety. Captain Scrimger would be recognized for these actions by being awarded the Victoria Cross. 
from the citation. On the afternoon of 25th April 1915, in the neighborhood of Ypres, when in charge of an advanced dressing station and some farm buildings, which were being heavily shelled by the enemy, he directed under heavy fire the removal of the wounded, and he himself carried a severely wounded officer out of the stable in search of a place of greater safety. When he was unable alone to carry his officer further, he remained with him under fire till help could be obtained. During the very heavy fighting between 22nd and 25th April, Captain Scrimger displayed continuously day and night the greatest devotion to his duty among the wounded at the front. London Gazette, June 23, 1915. Captain Scrimger would receive his Victoria Cross from King George V in Buckingham Palace on July 21, 1915. He would continue working in hospitals and operating on wounded soldiers until being wounded in the hand in January of 1916. He would be stuck in hospital until July of that year, as a finger wound up needing to be amputated after becoming infected. This didn't stop him from practicing medicine. In December 1916, he was promoted to major and joined the 3rd Canadian Casualties Clearing Station during the 3rd Battle of Ypres and would again see heavy action the following year during the Great German Counterattack near the Somme. He did so much during the war that they literally named a mountain after him in 1918. Mount Scrimger is in the Rocky Mountain chain and if you were to draw a line on the map, lies almost due east of Vancouver and Penticton, British Columbia. In September 1918, just prior to the end of the war, and before having a mountain named after him, Major Scrimger would marry Ellen Emerson Carpenter, a nurse with whom he had been working since coming back from his wounded hand in 1916. Together, they would eventually return to Canada, where Scrimger was named Assistant Surgeon of the Royal Victoria Hospital in Montreal in 1919 after very successfully completing his military service as a lieutenant colonel. In 1936, Scrimger would become the head surgeon of the same hospital despite having suffered a heart attack in 1934. Francis Scrimger would die of another heart attack on February 13, 1937, just three days after his 56th birthday. He was buried in the Mount Royal Cemetery of Montreal. There are stories which I cannot confirm about Captain Scrimger being the first person to suggest that the Canadian soldiers urinate on cloth and breathing through that during gas attack prior to the development of more effective and sanitary defenses against chemical warfare. This suggestion saved many lives if true, and it's quite possible since he was so very close to the front lines when the Germans began deploying it. We know somebody said it, as it was definitely something soldiers tried. We also apparently have Captain Scrimger to thank for convincing John McCrae to publish his poem in Flanders Fields, as they served together during 1915. I have no confirmation that McCrae was convinced by Scrimger to publish it, but if he was, then add everything together that he accomplished, and he really does deserve to have a mountain named after him. In 2005, Scrimger's three daughters presented his Victoria Cross and other awards to the Canadian War Museum in Ottawa. That brings us to the end of another episode, my friends. I hope you enjoyed our look at Francis Scrimger and I hope you will join me again in the future as I take a look at another Canadian military hero. Mm-hmm.